When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. This feedback show is brought to you by Jimmy Thudpucker. Ah, oh, crack me up. Well, somebody has to. Yes, I do. Why? Because I am freaking funny, honey. Your daddy is hysterical. I heard that part. Why? Bye. <laughs> that was really hysterical. The Major Spoilers Podcast is sponsored in part by the Mid-Ohio Con, October 3rd and 4th in Columbus, Ohio. For more information, visit midohiocon.com. The show is also sponsored in part by Past Generation Toys. Past Generation Toys has a large selection of Star Wars, G.I. Joe, and Marvel toys. Visit them on the web at pastgenerationtoys.com. The Major Spoilers Podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Molly's daddy. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Mason's daddy, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, Matthew got home from work 20 minutes ago and hasn't written an open. Insert awesomeness here. Reference to a dead guy. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air! I never get those opens. <laughs> hey everybody, it's the weekend, which means only one thing. Well, two things if you're subscribed to the Critical Hit Podcast. Mm-hmm. Critical Hit on the this, mic, a one-two. But you get a, another fantastic bonus episode. This week, we're going to be talking feedback. You know, Jimmy Thudpucker named his first son Feedback. There, and there you, you go. Right. Yeah, He only said that six times before the show started. Hey, so that what we're is doing... hysterical stuff. <laughs> Molly thinks I'm funny as heck. Yeah, sure she does. I, you said, baby, I'm funny as heck. And she said, ow! <laughs> All right. So what we're going to do is we've got a whole bunch of emails that you, the listener, have sent to us. And we're going to read them on the air. And we're going to respond accordingly. And there we go. So the first one is from somebody from Canada, Marissa, Marissa Stimson. Marissa Stimson from Canada, who says, Hello, boys! Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> do not yeah. do that. We're trying to keep she all our two listeners. talks like Squiggy. No, she doesn't. She does not talk like Squiggy. She is from Canada. First of all, A, I'd like to thank you for reminding me why I love comics so much as a young girl and why I love them even more as a grown woman. Fittingly enough, this week's podcast is highlighting the title that reintroduced me to the comic world after a decade or so of neglecting the industry. When I was a child in the 80s, is this her letter? Yeah, this is her letter. When I was a child in the 80s, I eagerly scanned the racks in my pharmacy for the latest issues of Indiana Jones, Star Wars, and other titles too embarrassing to name. Suffice to say, they were based on Saturday morning cartoons. I'm going to say probably My Pretty Pony. Pac-Man. Gem. uh, Barbie. What was it? Popples. Uh, the Smurfs. What are those uh, teddy teddy bears with the things on their tummies? Care Bears. Care uh, Bears. Care Bears. All right. Oh, 
Funshine Bear, no. <laughs> Fast forward to about eight years ago, and the next title I read was a loner copy of the Preacher trade paperback. Comics sure had changed. You know, I think Arseface Bear uh, <laughs> was probably... I think he was rejected. I loved how much the writing and story hit me right in the gut and wouldn't let me breathe. The art was so... Is there a word that means good and detailed and gross? Yes, in fact, that word is Schleicher. I was going to say Matthew, but... If there is, it was that word, Schleicher. And it was enough to make my skin crawl. You know, and if we had a nickel for every time a woman said that about Schleicher. I loved every minute of it. All this to say thank you for sharing your passion with comics and all things pop culture with us in Internet land. From Montreal, Quebec, Canada, Marisa Simpson. Simpson, perhaps. <laughs> I don't know why all of a sudden I'm Italian, but I am. P.S. Have you ever thought about popping up here for WorldCon this August? Well, number one, Matthew, I, Matthew I is not, not allowed out of the country. Number one. that's uh, That actually is coming up for review this fall. Oh, okay. Number two, obviously these emails are a collection of emails from the last couple of weeks. Number right. three... We need to do a local convention before we go traveling over to Canada. Yes. Canada. Canada. Never mind. And I, I, think I would love to do a Canadian convention. I think the major problem is going to be the Luthor dollar exchange rate because <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure it's zero. Yes, it's not very good right now. The economy's bad. Um, but that's good news about people and girls who are into Preacher. Mm-hmm. One of Rodrigo's new favorite uh, books of all time. Of all time. Of all time. And it's certainly one that we are going to follow through some of the other volumes. I know Rodrigo's busy reading that other one, uh, even as we speak. Right now, I am reading it right now. Right now. That's why I'm not paying attention. Does Rodrigo ever pay attention? I thought it was because attention? I was talking. Well, that too. <laughs> all right. Rodrigo and I are both voiced by Don Messick and thus cannot <laughs> speak at the same time. <laughs> all right. Greg A. wrote in. He says, hey, guys, I'm going to make this email shorter. Apparently he's written in before. but it Greg has. I believe we read a very long letter from Greg at one point. Oh, okay. All right. Are you guys aware of the Mocan comic conspiracy at the end of August? It's not exactly Planet Comic Con, but I doubt this will be disrupted by a freak spring snowstorm like Matthews was last time. Actually... I was aware of the Mocan cocaine uh, because uh, my wife slipped me a little postcard from them on Saturday and said, hey, were you going to go to this? And, of course, it was I, on Saturday and Sunday. Right. I, too, <clears throat> was aware of it and didn't get to go. Have you gone to this one before, Matthew? I'm familiar with this one, yeah. I don't know that I've actually gone so much as I've made plans that fell through to go. This is not the same as the Casey Freecon. No. The Mocan Comics Conspiracy, though, actually had uh, television advertisements a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. And I was very, very psyched to go, and then I don't remember. Something fell through. My IR was 42%, ah. or my Oldsmobile, you know, killed a yak. Something happened. But yeah, uh, Mocan Comics Conspiracy is not to the scale of Planet Comic Con, but everybody who came to the store since I was at work the Sunday that it happened, the year that it that I intended to go. Everybody who came to the store had really positive things to say about it, about the energy, about, you know, the people who were there, both the people who came to, I don't know if you call them exhibitors, and the people who uh, just came in to buy stuff and, and love comics. So I'm definitely aware of it. I'd like to go. My bet but, is uh, my bet is that I, that I have been there in the past hmm. because they wouldn't have sent me the postcard if, if I hadn't been. 
I think. No, I think I'm, I'm trying to remember because a couple of years ago they had that really cool flyer that I believe had John Brown. No, that's the that's the Freecon. Are you sure? Yeah, that's the 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 one that they hold in okay. Lawrence. My bad. Yeah. Either way, that was that was a cool issue. It was. It really was. So question uh, two. Oh. So we've got three three comic conventions that we know of in Kansas, and there's probably some other ones. There's the Freecon, which is really a small show that they hold at the Lawrence uh, Fairgrounds in Douglas County. Mm-hmm. There's the Mocan Comic Conspiracy, which I know I've probably been to, and it's a pretty good size show. But the big one in Kansas City is Planet Comic Con. Planet Comic Con. Planet Comic Con. This year we will have to plan Freak Snowstorm or not. Yes. Greg's second question. There are a lot of past and present comic creators located in the general Kansas City area. Just to name a few, Matt Fraction, Jason Aaron, uh, what is it, Andy Parks, Bruce Jones, Steve Ligel, and Rick Castasi, just to name a few off the top of my head. This area, well, let me also uh, put uh, Freddie, Freddie Williams Jr. as an artist there. Uh, what's B.K. Aaron, Moore? Aaron Williams. Yeah, Dante. all those people. Dante as well. He's more in the western Kansas region. I believe yeah. And it's, by the way, it's Rick Stacy. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I met, uh, I met Rick a few years ago at a Christmas party. He's actually a fascinating guy to talk with. Cool. Uh, he says, is this a topic you've discussed in the past? The fact that there are a lot of people in the uh, Kansas City area. No, we have not discussed that. I have been subtly hinting to at least I know B. Clay Moore and Freddie Williams that it would be a good idea for them to be on the show because, hey... We're all here in Kansas, and we can talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so far, nothing. What I really they've enjoy, come into they've come into your comic book shop, right, Matthew? Well, uh, there have been rumors, and rumors are fun. But there have been rumors that Matt Fraction comes to the store without letting anybody know who he is, because I believe Matt Fraction is his pen name, and his his real name when he signs his checks or his credit cards aren't going to say Matt Fraction. Uh huh. So he, I have I have been told that Matt Fraction has actually been to Gatekeeper Hobbies, and you know come through and pick stuff up and probably listen to us. Also, um, Alexander Grishin, uh, uh, the writer of Proof, uh, lives right here in Topeka. And does he come down to the store? Yeah, oh, yeah, Alex is one of our regulars. He uh he and his son come in and raid the quarter bin every couple of years. Ah, couple of years, okay. couple of weeks. Um I've actually met Rick Stacy. I've seen Steve Lytle in passing, I believe, at the uh Planet Comic Con several years ago, the year that I uh met uh Badar. Obi Wan Kenobi. No, not Obi Wan Kenobi, it's Obi Steve Gerber. Two Kenobi? <laughs> Yeah, if we ever got the uh, funding that we needed, I've got a special project for Scroll Brian to do that involves all of these people in the Kansas City area. So, what I would really like to do, I think, what we should them. do is put together yes. a major spoilers issue where we can see if the local creators would each just kick in like one page. No, that'd be pretty cool. That would be cool, and then you know we could do it like the old DC challenge where each page ends with a cliffhanger, and then the next guy has to fix it. Yeah. Or somebody comes up with an idea and they each draw one page. Right. I have an idea. What's that? It's called Getting the Band Back Together. There you go. It's about seven superheroes who are terrible individually, but work well together as a team. Matt Fraction, what do you think? Matt you Fraction. Can... Now, here's the thing. I, I want to I give you just a little bit of it. One of them is the West Texas Cyclone. 
and he talks a little bit like Torque. That's all I'm saying. All right. The third Common part of his gold. question, this third item from Greg, a follow-up to my comment about Marvel, your universe. Recently, I went to the grocery store. Oh, he's the one that wrote in that was talking about seeing all of the uh, Marvel titles on the magazine rack mm -hmm. and not seeing any of DC. the DC stuff. So a follow-up to that question from a couple of months ago. Recently, I went to the grocery store and noticed a new addition uh, to the small section of Marvel Comics, Boom Comics. Over the next couple of weeks, I noticed the Boom Kid line was being cycled through the magazine section. I thought I had read they had worked out some newsstand distribution, but it was nice to see it in practice. Still, it would be nice to see DC have a larger newsstand presence. Well, there you go. There you DC, go. are you listening? I'm not sure that DC needs a larger newsstand presence. And I'm pretty sure DC isn't listening. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> Oh, it's Saturday. They've got the day off. You know what? <laughs> I'll bet right. you even money that Dan DiDio and Joe Quesada get together and smoke cigars and laugh about how stupid we are <laughs> and how we don't realize that they're sitting together and lighting cigars and, and creating this whole Marvel versus DC thing. They're actually owned by the same people. Yeah. God. You know. Uh, well, they're probably drinking their brandies, you know, yeah. swirling them around oh, in their glasses. Oh, that Schleicher kid. Ha, ha, ha. What now, a silly... You know, after person. I said that, they're probably spitting it out of the spit take. <laughs> oh, my God, they're on to us. <laughs> Quick, boys! To the mattresses. Okay. Wait, someone send Paul Miotti out. Scott Hunter. <laughs> Our Hello. British fan, Rodrigo. Uh, where am I? Uh, we hey. also, you know, you guys, uh, you might want to also listen to our other show that we have. It's called Critical Hit. Correct. Mike, one, two. It is our major spoilers dungeon crawl, and we're going to throw in some of those feedback comments into the show as well. Hey, just want to say that I love the major spoilers dungeon crawl. Only just finished it today on account of having been away for the past couple weeks. I'm eager to hear the next session, and I would like to hear the major spoilers crew try other RPGs. I play RPGs, Cthulhu mostly, but I'm running a Traveler game tomorrow for the first time, and would be happy to run a game of Cthulhu for you, for you lot over Skype. I'm sorry, I didn't, it's the colloquialisms. I didn't there know. you go. For, for you, you lot. lot over Skype if you want it. Cthulhu is ideal for that sort of thing as it doesn't require any miniatures or anything, so it can be done purely with voice. Anyway, keep up the good work. I am currently working my way through the backlog of major spoilers issues that I have built up whilst I was away. And I look forward to the next episode. Love the show, Scott Hunter. Your British fan, the one that called in the 100th issue. We You're remember you. supposed to do this in your, your Mary Poppins voice. Oh, that would be annoying. <laughs> Welcome to the Major Spoilers podcast, Rodrigo. Okay, also, I, it's harder for me. I have to do it like Ringo Starr. <laughs> Just want to say that I love the Major Spoilers Dungeon Crawl. <laughs> <laughs> I live That's under the sea with an bad, octopus. Really. <laughs> well, I was a drummer in can, my band, so I like had a... to pretend to be Ringo Starr. You were a drummer in a band? I was a drummer in a couple bands. All right. Well, Rodrigo's going to join my little ukulele group, and we're going to... I was the alternate bass player for Blurred Vision. I used to drink <laughs> a bunch of beer and get Blurred Vision. <laughs> what do you mean? Used, used to, to doesn't mean during the first two minutes of the podcast. Well, either. first of all, Scott, number one, I don't think we could convince my wife to let me get into yet another distraction. So Cthulhu is probably that, out for you uh, DMing that. I think that there's a good possibility that the logistical issues involved in the dungeon crawl are going to keep us from doing a second yeah. thing of this type unless and until we decide that maybe we're done. With the dungeon crawl, mm -hmm. I would be or with our day happy. jobs. Yes, that's the other yeah. thing. I got to tell you, people, 
There's a reason there's a donate button on the website. <laughs> exactly. Well, I don't have any problem with theorizing, you know, hey, maybe once we're done, you know, if we get to the point where we finish this particular arc of the characters' lives, we do like, you know, a, a six or seven episode run of, of Champions or Space Hack or something. Have, but Go ahead. Sorry. I, 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 I'm not entirely sure that Cthulhu is a game that we can play without being face-to-face because every time I've played Cthulhu, Cthulhu is all about atmosphere. Yes. Yes. It's yes, all about yes. it's all about atmosphere and burning the books, and you know I I, I do the podcast in my well lit living room, sitting on a love seat, usually eating pizza. So there you go, uh, Cthul- uh, Rodrigo. Have you ever played the Cthulhu game? I I have a couple times, but it was unfortunately uh, run by guys who kind of came from a very D and D background. Ah, so it was okay. basically like okay. All right, all right. I look behind the bookshelf. Okay, there is a monster. Roll your craziness, die. I am kind of crazy, Game Master. Okay, now the monster attacks you. Fight it. Ah, okay. All right, all right. What about this uh, Traveler game? I'm not familiar with Traveler. I'm not sure what Traveler is myself. Must be a crazy British. (laughs) So, Scott Hunter, our fan from Britain, uh, over the pond there. Um... Thank you for writing in, man. It looks like we are—we don't have time for any more RPGN. I don't even have any—I don't even have time for any MMORPGN stuff. Yeah. Yep. All the rocket-propelled grenades are going to have to go by the wayside for now. So. I don't know who uh, wrote this other one in, so I'll shake my fist at him. It was me. Oh, okay. This one's from Matthew. I'm enjoying these podcasts a lot and would play in Rodrigo's game anytime. One bit of an FYI that I noticed while you were fighting the bug things for area attacks, like Steven's Scorching Burst, you have to roll the hit individually for every possible target in the area, and then only roll damage once. So in this case, Steven should have rolled separately for each of the bugs in his burst, and not just hit them all on a 19 roll. Well, I've got to tell you, I'm pretty happy with my damn 19 roll, and I'm glad I wiped out half those bugs. Well, and this is something that I actually addressed, I think, on your very on your prelude on the very first time, that it's my house rule. Right. To do it that way, because right. that way you're not rolling to hit five things on an area burst. And right, you're not rolling 19 times. Correct. Um, so you, it, it becomes an all or nothing proposition. Right. Um, the monsters work the same way, so a monster with a uh, you know burst attack uh, does the same thing. Maybe he hits the three people that he's going to hit, or maybe he hits none of you. All right, so Rodrigo's rules. There mm-hmm. you go. Rodrigo cheats. Next question. <laughs> Next question. Even even when it's to help you guys. Well, hey, hey I guys. It. Next question. Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> As a comics reader who's also a college student studying for his teaching degree, apparently he's also in radio television. I always really appreciate your talks on comics in the classroom. However, I go to Indiana University, and I'm surprised you've never mentioned it in your discussions. I'm not sure they offer any courses on comics currently, but they were the first university to offer an accredited course on comics. Who taught it? None other than Michael Uslan, producer of Batman movies and also the lion from uh, Narnia. There are several fascinating stories and anecdotes about the stunts he had to pull to get his course approved. If you're interested, I'm sure you can find them online, or Dr. Coogan may know. If not, I can fill you in. He recently came back and donated his entire comics collection, including Amazing Fantasy number 15. Yep, I remember that. To the, 
to the Lilly Library of Rare Books, where they rest in the same building as one of the Gutenberg Bibles. I know most of this from writing an article for our paper here on The Dark Knight and trying to get in touch with Uslan for a story. He's also an alumni of IU and a metaphor for Christ. So I thought I'd throw you guys that tidbit of info. Here's a link to the article. HTTP colon... Just idsnews.com, you could probably find it there. And here, on relating specifically to Uslan's visit, HTTP newsinfo.iu.edu, just look it up. I actually did not know that, but I was just, literally, just talking to my associate professor Wasserstein from Washburn University. Yeah. And uh, we were discussing his – he's doing an English course this this particular year where he's – it's not quite an adaptation, but he's talking about movies that were also comics first. So he's doing kind of, you know, a, a bit and piece there. I knew that – honestly, I don't want this to sound as insulting as it's going to. By the time <laughs> Washburn University in Topeka gets it, it's probably something that's pretty widespread. So I didn't realize that IU was the first to do it, but I remember discussions of um, accreditation specifically, but courses on comics probably as early as like 1986, 87 before I even got to college. So Cool. Well, we'll uh, certainly we try to in these shows with Dr. Coogan and with uh, other people that come on to talk about comics in the classroom. We try to cover as much as we could, but you know, if we went through the list mm-hmm. of every school that had some kind of comic podcast, that podcast would be six hours long. Right. There's yeah. just so many that are out there. It's great to know who was first though. So Yes, yes. We will probably reference it snottily in the future going, and you know, I believe it was Indiana University. Snot. Snot, snot, snot. You know, uh, Jimmy Thudpucker had a son <laughs> named Feedback. You know, we do have uh, listeners and we do have uh, creators and writers listening to this show. In fact, here's one from our good friend Scott Wegener, who uh, is the artist of Atomic Robo. Hey, Stephen and crew. I've been listening to your D&D podcast while working on Atomic Robo. I think they're great. I thought that Torque was going to annoy the hell out of me, but I was laughing out loud at his antics. Uh, don't worry, you may be laughing. We're the ones that are annoyed as well. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll ju- we absorb the annoyance for you guys. <laughs> I'm on the last episode now and looking forward to checking out Critical Hit. Ironically, I just sold out of I just sold all of my four ebooks, but my group is moving into Pathfinder tomorrow night. That's basically D and D three point seven five. If you guys ever get your hands on a copy, I'd love to listen to that game as well. Well, that's cool, Scott Wegner. Um, what is now? This is interesting because Rodrigo, when he was here last, when we recorded our last batch of Critical Hit episodes, and you have to remember that show is. We record like six episodes at one time, mm-hmm. and then we spread them out over the month. So there's a big delay from the ones that you're listening now and the ones we're going to be recording next right. week. So, right. So, so those of you who like write in and say, oh, can you guys discuss this during your critical hit shows? Like, that's the reason why we don't get around to it for so long. Right. Is because mm-hmm. we've already recorded like four right. shows from the one you're listening to. Well, I actually, believe the right. last show that we aired was uh, recorded sometime during the Industrial Revolution. Yeah, it was recorded in July is when that one was Of uh, 1543, right <laughs> after Emperor Constantine declared war. Constantine! The... <laughs> F you! <laughs> How dare the you! The other thing is, Rodrigo also plays a bunch of other D&D games besides ours. I know that bastard, he's cheating on us behind our backs but you play, you. you're playing a 3.5 game right 
I I am playing a three five. Are yeah. there such big differences between three five and three point seven five and and four E that it makes it that much of a difference that would change the dynamic of what happens in critical hit? Oh, drastically, yes. I mean, the classes are completely different. Uh, there's like the warlock works. Oh, I, I guess there aren't any more warlocks. But for example, the wizard works completely different. You would have a list of anywhere from 10 to 50 spells to choose from every morning. Oh, okay. Some of which um, actually don't do any damage or anything like that and are just completely utilitarian. Like the cantrips and stuff. Like right, that. exactly. Okay. Exactly like that. Um, oh, well, that sucks if you have to choose from a list. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't like that game. Got to okay. tell you right now, Scott, you're not going to hear me play any <laughs> 3.5 or 3.75 games. Um, Pathfinder is interesting because uh, when... Uh, and a little earlier than that, when Wizards basically started gearing up to go to 4th edition, people were like, uh-uh, nah, we want to stick with this. And Pathfinder and True20 and a lot of other uh, companies have been sitting there kind of refining the 3.0, like the Dungeons & Dragons 3rd edition engine, essentially, yeah, to try to make it run smoother. Because the big thing when third edition came out was that it was essentially going to be open source anybody can take the basics of third edition and make a game out of it and owes nothing to wizards of the coast for it oh okay it is actually open contact well then that makes sense why wizards of the coast would release version four so they can get rid of giving away all that stuff for free oh it wasn't that it was that it was time that this is how that's what gaming companies do they come out with a game they run it into the ground for you know Two to five years. Or and in then the case they of some of the other ones, uh, 20 years. Wasn't it Dungeons & Dragons, Advanced D&D? Wasn't that out for like 10 years or something? Before yeah, but you got to consider that Wizards of the Coast or TSR. I mean, these were like the progenitors. They hadn't right, right, quite right, figured right. out the business model yet. Right. They've got it running pretty smoothly now. They figured out how to get Tom Hanks down into the sewers going they crazy. They did. All right. That might have been that might have been an unplanned for yet hilarious side effect though. <laughs> I do not know that they meant to do that. Okay. All right. Um we've got another really long email from one of our female listeners. We were trying to call out our I think Rodrigo tried to call him out two weeks ago when we were talking about Batgirl. And uh we mentioned all two of our female listeners out there, and Adriana says, actually Kristen doesn't listen to podcast as her job is typing thinking. Uh, whereas mine is mindless, so I can listen to stuff. She has no idea we have a podcast, really. <laughs> they are the ones that do the uh, uh, Super, Super Future. Future Friends podcast. Highly recommended. So you're down to one female listener, gentlemen. But I think you may have more lady listeners than you think. I know a couple of fans are the. I uh, know a couple are fans of the Heroes Histories just by themselves. Please, Did she just Adriana, say we've only got one stop. female listener, but there are a lot of ladies. Adriana, stop feeding into Matthew's ego all the time. Hey. Hey, I read hey. the Batgirl question. We had the question about, uh, you know, what do you think of the Stephanie Brown as the new Batgirl? And she says, Stephanie Brown has been a rallying point for a large amount of female comic book fans. A lot of people were pissed when she died and that she didn't get a memorial in the Batcave. And it was really offensive to some people, taking it as a slight to the female Robin. Some people considered her a case study in general crappiness to female characters. I see making her Batgirl as a peace offering to those people. Mm. That said, I'm not one of those people. She's too dumb and seemed really cliche. She got a knocked up teen girlfriend a la after school special for my taste. And I really, really, really don't see her appeal. Also, she looks too painfully like Arrowette and Wonder Girl. 
She also, she's not my top choice for any sort of character appearing anywhere, let alone for Batgirl. But I also sort of don't care at all. The mantle of the Batgirl is pretty meaningless to me. I would say Barbara Gordon is more important figurehead to the Batverse than her Batmantle ever was, if that makes any sense. That makes, makes perfect sense. sense. Makes sense, yeah. Something about your wording on the podcast made me think they fought each other. Oh, I made the comment that uh, Batgirl and Spoiler were fighting. They were fighting other people. But then after the fight, Batgirl took off her costume uh... and flew off into the night. So it made it sound like they were fighting each other. Uh, and then Spoiler got the costume as a prize. I might have just misheard. I'm not sure which is more bizarre, the way it happened or the way I thought it was going to happen. Actually, if they were fighting and then they lost that, that way that you're thinking Steven. I said it, actually makes the issue that much more interesting. <laughs> Don't go where I think you're No, going. I'm just saying it would make it much more interesting. You must fight me to be Batgirl, okay? And this knocked up uh, teenage... Whatever happened to her baby? Whatever happened to her, to uh, Stephanie's baby? Is any bat Batmite now? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that uh, he's like 47 now, or maybe I'm thinking of Marlena from As the World Turns. Who oh, knows? okay. She goes on to say, "I've never fought several adversaries with my cohort undressed and giving them my rain on clothing, nor would I accept such growth clothing, and certainly I would never wear it. I don't think anyone would, regardless of gender. A more suitable reaction would have been the following: What are you doing? Put your clothes back on. It's raining." These are gross and sweaty. <laughs> Personally, I thought Aqua Girl should have become Batgirl, and then we should we could have called her Batgill. <laughs> I would read that. <laughs> and then, in reference to last week's uh, or the last what two episodes ago, uh, talk about Zorro. She says, "Also, I had no idea Zorro meant fox, even though I'm Latina. Shame, shame. I had thought that it was a family name or a nonsense word." He suddenly just got cooler somehow. This podcast was really informative. I didn't know anything about Zorro except his look. Also, I'm really digging the D&D podcast. I think part of the appeal is that it's sort of like listening to a radio drama in that there's a narrative, but it also, but it's also that everyone's so funny. Thanks so much, Adriana. Well, thank you, Adriana, for sending in that long email. She's nice. She is nice. She's a she nice She makes girl. some really salient points, though. I mean, the man... I, I we are funny. The, the, the <laughs> cast... The mantle of Batgirl is essentially meaningless, you know? It's like saying, who will be the manager of the Costco in Tempe, Arizona? I'm bitten on Phil care. Jones. Phil Jones is going to be the next one. We don't care, though. I mean, it, it, I even... Am. I'm waiting on bated breath. The whole... No, shut up. The, the fact <laughs> well, yeah, that we but even you know... consider something like, you know, the costume of the Flash or the costume of, uh, let's say Wolverine, as meaningful to the character really says something, and not necessarily something entirely flattering, about the superhero genre specifically. So, I mean, for someone to look at Batgirl and go, Oh, look, the new Batgirl! The whole point of the book is that it's a story now that's supposed to be about Stephanie Brown. And Stephanie Brown wears these funny clothes that she got from another girl after a fistfight. So, I mean, Batgirl is not as important in theory to what's going on here as Stephanie Brown is. Now. Ah, so... What are they going to do about Stephanie Brown? Because, I mean, she's exactly right. Barbara Gordon, as Barbara Gordon, represents several important things to the Bat universe. Right. But well, as Batgirl, she had a purse full of Bat accessories. bat accessories, <laughs> And she had a reversible skirt that became her cape. <laughs> so the question, though, is... 
if we're just telling a Stephanie Brown story, why not just keep her a spoiler? Besides because the fact that Robin cares told about her, spoiler. Besides the fact that Robin told her not to be spoiler. No, that's true. I mean, nobody does care. What about do we say spoiler. about comics fans? And by we, I mean me. Change is bad. People don't want to read about new concepts. People aren't interested in reading about Jaime Reyes as the new Blue Beetle, and people aren't interested in reading about, you know, interesting new concepts. No, no, no. They want Barry Allen back, just like we had 30 years ago. Rodrigo wasn't even born 30 years ago. How how does he know who Barry Allen is? Yeah, but I read Marvel. Well, then how do you know who Barry Allen is? Oh. Well, how about I, this? I Let's read, say uh, tomorrow. JLA Avengers no, no, crossover. No, 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 no. Tomorrow I read, they're um, going to bring back Jean Grey and Thunderbird. Right. And they're going to bring them back, and they're going to kill off Wolverine. Okay. And, and the Kitty White Pride. And they're going to make a big point of having everyone say that Thunderbird is really the one true Wolverine. Is it asinine and senseless? Yes. Especially, you know, when you look at the perspective of. The mantle of the bat, or the mantle of the Wolverine, it's it's really pretty ridiculous. Yeah, these are people who wear tights and attack other people in the darkness. <laughs> I attack the darkness. I attack the darkness. You know what they call people who put on tights and meet other men in back alleys where I come from? Uh, hey, careful there. We've also got outlaw. some. Of them. We've also got no. Some I'm great not listeners. I am. I no. 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 That was not a, a slight on anyone's sexuality. That was a slight on people who meet other people in alleys. Oh, okay. Hmm. You know, I don't. It's feminine. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> last question. Case. Go ahead. You got something to wrap up on? Or I want to read the last letter. I want to read the last okay, letter. I want to read the last letter. And I forget I who it's letter. from. Uh, it's from. It's sent from his iPhone. Yep. It's from iPhone. Oh, awesome! I, I knew as Apple such, liked I shall read so it in my iPhone voice. Okay. Hello. I heard you guys talking about Legend of the Seeker this week. I am a huge fan of the Sword of Truth books that the show is based on. God, that hurts. <laughs> so I checked it out as well. It was enjoyable to see all of the characters I loved, but I was disappointed to see them watered down as much as they are. Anyway, before I start rambling, I wanted to recommend you guys check out the books. Be warned, they are all close to a 1,000 pages, and they're on, like, book 12, so it's not a quick read. They are fantastic books, though. The story's a bit predictable, but good. Kind. Right, sex, no, 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 no. Good, good kind is, is the name of the... Uh... I know. I, I did that on purpose. <laughs> uh... I meant to do that. That's exactly how I wanted that to look. Oh, okay. Richard is a great main character due to the fact that he's an intelligent character and doesn't get led to the nose to uh, led by the nose to obvious story points like in a lot of books. Kalon is a very interesting person as well. She's basically the queen of the Midlands and has a much broader and more regal personality. I'm not sure that broader is the mm. is going to be. You know, I don't know so never mind. The show plays her off as almost the girl next door, which does her a great disservice. Zed is also a great old man to read about. It sounds like I'm putting down the show, but I'm not. It is enjoyable, but if you guys get a chance to read the books, I would do show. As always, great show, guys. Looking forward to next week. Sent from my iPhone. All right, thank you. So, Rodrigo, the question is, since you are the Legend of the Seeker fan... Mm -hmm. Have you picked up any of the books? Have you ever read any of his books? I, I haven't, because I don't read books. Um, but Unless I got somebody, pictures. Somebody on the, uh, on the site had a good comment about it, which is kind of like watching Legend of the Seeker, apparently, for people who have read the books, is interesting in the way that Smallville is interesting. It's a different take 
on the same characters, kind of different origin stories to right. make them fit a little bit easier into TV. Right. That might not be a good comparison, seeing as how we're in like season 17 of Smallville, and <laughs> every DC character has made an appearance by now. Except Batman. Isn't, isn't Tom Welling like 56 years He's old? He's like now. older than us, I think, by this point. Uh, which is odd because he wasn't when the show started, <laughs> which is really that time. Well, it's the, uh, that's what happens when you don't advance people in years in the comic books. It starts to play out in the television series. Yeah. Rapid aging. It, I think there was a portrait of Dorian Gray was about that. I believe you're right. I, yeah. Actually, I think Eddie's in the space time continuum and Smallville is his couch. Yeah. Portrait of Tom Welling. Portrait of Tom <laughs> Welling. Dante, there's your picture for the week. Portrait of Tom Welling. Uh, Dante just gave you the fingers, Steve. Yeah, Dante can, you know, he's getting paid plenty of Luthor Actually, dollars to Dante be our little whipping boy. Dante gave you two fingers because he's oh so very European. <laughs> Hello, uh, I'm Dante, and this is how I talk. The interesting thing about <laughs> a lot of these comments that, that people are, oh, you know what, I'm missing one. Where the heck is that? Let me find this you other one. one. You missed one. You did. One. It yeah. was did uh, one? right before Scott Wagner. Oh, okay. Uh, David Lubbock says... I'm oh, okay. a father of four, and I've noticed a disturbing trend. Comics today are marketed to us, guys in their 30s and 40s, who grew up reading comics. My kids, boys, will watch superhero movies, television shows, and play the video games and love every minute of it, but refuse to read the comic book. According to my comic guy, Starbucks and Comics Lubbock, Texas! This is far from unusual, and in fact, he has virtually no children or teens buying comic books. If the adults who read comics today do so because they grew up reading them, what happens in 10 to 20 years when today's youth are young adults? Simple answer, comics move to another medium. Comic books as a whole doesn't seem to be an industry that spreads to non-fans easily. Will comic books become the thing that Grandpa does that no one understands? <laughs> I'd like the X-Men and some Metamucil, please. Thanks, Dave and Lubbock. Well, to answer your last question, Dave... Comic books will not become the thing that Grandpa does that no one understands because, let's be honest, comic books are already the thing that <laughs> weird guys do that yep. no one understands. Most of the guys who come into the store and purchase comics regularly are my age, maybe a little younger, mostly a little older. We have some really smart, professional, well-spoken, grown-up people who are very much into comics. And when people come in and say, uh, I've never been in a comic store before, they're always looking for, say, an Anita Blake adaptation or yeah. something relating to Buffy or Stephen King's Dark Tower. Or right. they're completely freaked out by the huge selection and, you know, but no Bugs Bunny. And low prizes. <laughs> what really gets me is when people come in and say, do you have any... X character. Do you have any Batman, Superman, Iron Man, the Hulk? And I say yes. And I take them to the section of the store where the Hulks are. Now, the section of the store where the Hulks are starts with Incredible Hulk number 145 in about a 6.0 condition. That's a $32 book. They look at that $32 book and they work their way through and they find the 20s and the 14s and the 12s. Then they find the books that came out two weeks ago and they're still $350. People who don't read comics don't understand that comics ain't 12 cents anymore. Yeah. And $3.50, you know, because I put a bag on it, I put a board on it, it's $2.99 plus that extra quarter to offset that. $3.50, they're like, well, do you have anything cheaper? 
So, I mean, it's already a niche market. Yep. But you know what else is a niche market? When you really break it down. Doctor Who. Tacos? Yeah. Those weird photography guys who buy special film and... Or the guys who have the Super 8 camera and trade online or... Video gamers? How about, yeah, the guys who want to buy, you know, an original Gorf thing. An People original like Gorf the CPU City so cheese. they can set it up in, in their basement. Or <laughs> Isn't that kind guys of niche who market? like pinball machines. Or, I got a Pacino You know who machine. else? Let me tell you who else is a niche market. The men and women who watch telenovelas or soap operas. Well, in the but, United States, they are. Well, yeah. In the <laughs> United States. People who watch I, soccer. I freely admit that I've yeah. never gone to Mexico at 3 in the afternoon to see what's going on. <laughs> I've been but to in Mexico the United States, at 3 in the afternoon. They're a niche market. And they have a lot in common with comics. We should probably do that at some point. The soap opera comic book connection. I don't but know. comic books are already that niche market that most people don't understand. And when they do understand it, you know what they really understand? What's that? Them comics are going to be worth money, ain't they? Oh, yeah, that 1990s mentality. Mm -hmm. They're really again. not. You know, Dante just drew up a very quick picture that you guys are using as your... Uh, as as the as the art for this episode, love it, <laughs> love it. That's how quickly Dante works. And if Dante, we really need to think about getting him on the podcast. No, I mean, no. But he and Rodrigo won't be in the same room together. So I'm aware of that, but he's kind of more interesting than Rodrigo. <laughs> hey, look, please, we don't need one I, ego stroking I, another I, ego. I will give Dante his props. Okay, he is basically, you know, back in college we got along pretty well. But yep. he's he's basically the Ken to my Ryu. We really cannot be in <laughs> that, the same yeah. place without fighting. It's it, it's really freaky because it's kind of like you know you're Clark Kent and he's like Bizarro Number One mm -hmm. <laughs> because you will say something and he will say something that's like the complete opposite and it's hysterical. You ask the same question of the two of you, and it cracks me up. I still say there's a woman in it. I've got one was, more. Well, there probably is, uh, but was, that's a that's cricket, for another episode. Wasn't it? No, I've got <laughs> that would cricket. not be surprised me. Either. <laughs> <laughs> we've got <laughs> we've got one more one more email. This is this is the one that I wanted to get to. A lot of times oh, in I'm this sorry. show, a lot of times in the show. <laughs> See, you let me read an entire email that wasn't the no, no, one no. you wanted. That wasn't the one I was looking for, but thank you for reading it because it was really important. A lot of times when we're talking on the show, we're reviewing things that people haven't really ever heard of before. Mostly mm -hmm. people are aware of Marvel and DC, and so they comment on the stuff that we talk about with that. But all this other third-party stuff that we get to, the, the, the small indie publishers or the mm -hmm. smaller publishers, titles that, like last episode when we reviewed Astro City, very few people ever commented on that on the site. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple of years ago, I went to Nerdtacular, Scott Johnson's little to-do that he puts on in Utah, and I met a great group of people there, some of them I've played uh, World of Warcraft with, uh, but this one is from Bronco. He says, Stephen, we met at Nerdtacular last summer. I was the guy from Toronto who rode his motorcycle down and sat beside you during the breakfast at IHOP. Anyway, I've been listening to Major Spoilers for about a year and a half now, so essentially from mm -hmm. uh, the time we met. When I started listening, I had not bought a comic book since I was in high school. I can't really put my finger on what it is about the show that I like so much, but I really enjoy it. I don't feel it's left Matthew. out. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> it's a subliminal Matthew advertising. I don't feel left out on some of the inside jokes because I don't have a pull list. You guys are not some exclusive club like the comic book guy on The Simpsons looking for any reason to be little less knowledgeable people. 
Well, I don't know. Matthew is very much Edward. like that. Yes. Hey, <laughs> you shut your the, lying mouth. I'm going to take this size 14 and shove it up your butt sideways, like a... Anyway, I had been thinking of writing to you guys for some time now to tell you about this. I figured if you have me as a non-comic book fan, I'm up to buying four to five trades a year now. I figure there are others out there, too. The thing that tipped me over the edge to actually writing you was your review of The Goon. In all the time I'd been listening, I'd never heard all three of you give five-slice review of the same thing, a five-meatloaf-slice review of the same thing, so I figured I'd better take a look. Wow. The Goon is freaking amazing. Artwork, story, and characters are just fantastic. I laughed out loud several times reading it. Very, very good. Thanks for reviewing it and giving me the opportunity to read this great book. I miss getting the chance to talk to you again at this year's Nerdtacular, but I understand how busy this time of the year must be for you. Next year, I plan on riding my new motorcycle along what's left of Route 66, or Route 66, from Chicago to Los Angeles and then back to Salt Lake City for next year's Nerdtacular. If he can get all his ducks lined up, I plan on taking a detour to Kansas to see the world-famous gatekeeper shop in Topeka. Gatekeeper hobbies, Huntoon and Gage Topeka. I finally sold the Vampirella, so ask me about my Micronauts back issues. Hopefully you'll be able to make it to the Salt Lake City next year. That's actually a fun event. Uh We may, I don't know what your what your free schedule is on a weekend, Matthew, but it would be pretty cool to uh, have all three of us fly out Here's the honest truth about my schedule. With enough lead time and, you know, me not spending my own money. Yeah. I would be, I'd have no problem with taking a weekend off. They can worry about their own IR. I'm going to the convention. There you go. Well, it's not really a convention convention as much as it is a bunch of like-minded people getting together to watch a fantastic movie and eat food and all that good stuff. Well, these are things that I do. Well, I'm a lesbian, and this is completely <laughs> relevant to my interests. Hmm. I want to thank everybody. You know, I, I really find it cool when people like Bronco or some of these other people write in that say, hey, I never thought about picking up Zorro, and so I picked it up and read it because you guys liked it so much, mm-hmm. and hot damn, that was a good piece. I'm going to go back and buy next more next week. <laughs> Especially when they say it that way. Hot damn! <laughs> hot diggity damn! Justice! <laughs> Justice, you get in here and feed the pigs! <laughs> And that's kind of what we're trying to do with Major Spoilers, is not only just talk about... Yes. (laughs) We're not only trying to talk about comics, but we're also trying to get more people into it. Mm -hmm. And the more people that get into it, the bigger the industry becomes, and we don't have to worry about us being 60 years old and still reading comics, and a 10-year-old kid is never interested in picking this stuff up. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I think... You tell two friends, and they'll tell two friends, and so on. Well, and then so on, and hopefully we get larger numbers listening to the show. Because we love you. Yes, we do, each and every one of you, and thank you so much for writing in. We enjoy reading emails on the air and giving you some feedback. We'll do this again the next time we have a bunch of them pile up. We'll record another episode of Feedback. Until then, make sure you check out the website, Majorspoilers.com, for more reviews, news, and interviews. And be sure on the look, be on the lookout for Tuesday's podcast, where I think we're reviewing We 3 if it comes in on time. Let's hope. <laughs> Uh, also, we've got uh, the forums, which are becoming quite active lately, and Rodrigo's keeping tabs on that. Be on the lookout for Major Spoilers Adventures, our weekly webcomic written by Otter Disaster. More fun things from Rodrigo, Matthew, and myself up on the site, and of course, Victoria, Sam, Stacy, and Marlo. Mm-hmm. You can find it all Attorneys at Majorspoilers.com. We'll talk to you next time, because we know that you love comics, and we do too. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. 
You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash majorspoilers. Fat Dick's revision of Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, they kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Stark Raven rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the hard cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine Be in the Middle East With a gang sign throwing soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers Podcast, copyright 2009